Hubhopper Originals. Hello and welcome back to Heart in My Sleeve. This is Mansha Kaur and you're listening to me on Hubhopper. As promised, today's guest is Sparda Malik, who at the time of recording this episode was the digital editor of Ogan India. Sparda is a seasoned content creator. She worked at Grazia prior to her current gig and ran a blog that was discovered by Vogue India that got her into this industry in the first place. She is a body positivity activist who has brought attention to a lot of problematic ways in which the fashion industry functions. Her Instagram page is a haven for anyone looking beyond the tired, luxury, impractical fashion influencers and talks. Without overtly saying it, she seamlessly makes fashion more inclusive and relatable, regardless of your dress size or budget, and has a whole host of accolades to boot. Her work has been recognized by Hindustan Times, Cosmopolitan Magazine, Grazia, and Telegraph. In today's episode, she talks about healthy body image, self-worth, the impact that social media has on it all, and what lies ahead for the fashion industry in a time and place where bloggers and influencers have democratized style and made fashion accessible to all. Without wasting any more time, here's Spartha. Hey. Hi. What's up? Right after we finished recording, me and my husband, we've adopted a puppy, so we're going to go pick him up. So, oh my <laughs> God, congratulations. So I've never had a dog before. I moved yeah. down growing up, so I, I never got the chance to, just, uh, I don't know what to expect, but I'm really excited. Do you have a pet? I have two. I have two dogs, Yoko and Kylo. Oh. They're both beagles and they are... Uh, yeah, they're turning five this year. They're uh, super naughty. They have calmed <laughs> down now. So you were, you were in for a big surprise, huh? Like first year, <laughs> first year and a half, your dog's going to drive you crazy. <laughs> they're super cute and like, like puppies are just the best. So I mean, yeah. that's, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely really looking forward to it. This is like a special recording for me because it's, Right before, uh, you know, we become a family. I know, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, so I want to start off our conversation by asking you how you define a healthy body image. I think for me, a healthy body image is something that, you know, when you look in the mirror, I mean, you see yourself and not your flaws. I feel like a lot of us, like the first thing we notice is like, oh, you know, this is wrong with my face. I have dark circles. I have wrinkles. I have, I mean, my body has these lumps and bumps everywhere or whatever. Those are the first things we see and not really see ourselves. And sometimes I think also body image is how you feel about yourself also. Like when you talk about yourself, are you constantly self-deprecating or not? Are you just, are you confident in yourself or not? I think these are the things that kind of define a you know, healthy body perception. Yeah, I think that's really beautifully said, actually. I've I've heard a lot of personal definitions of people, but like, I've never heard this one. And that was really nicely put. 
but like what according to you are some of the factors that cause us to develop a negative body image to begin with like where does it all start okay so i mean there are uh, internal and external factors i feel um internal is when we're constant i mean obviously we live in the world where we look around us and we learn from other people and we have this constant need to compare ourselves with other people yeah so those are the internal things and when you know when your best friend looks a different way in her dress and you look a different way in your dress you kind of you start comparing in society and your family and all these other things like these are like your insecurities that you kind of develop on your own i think to a certain extent but they are reinforced by other people when they mm-hmm. when they agree with you or they say like you know why don't you do this and you look better or i mean these are constructive criticisms generally or it's downright ridicule from you know yeah. people um around you and then this fashion media they always you know there's always very little representation of different kinds of people it's just you know this one mold which is approved at any given time there's a flavor of the season mm. so it's like that with every era like there's the standard of beauty changes and whatever is the beauty of that moment someone or the other is constantly feeling marginalized because of that so these are i think uh the factors could be internal or external but these are the few things that i feel like impact the way we look at ourselves and since you have been you know largely you worked in the fashion space what are some of the things that you would do personally to change the way that media because like you said it's it's not yeah. about just adding in one you know a sort of thing or the other sort of thing there's always somebody who will feel oh but i still don't fit into this whatever yeah. is being represented so what would you do to make all sorts of people feel as though they are represented in whatever it is that the media of different fashion brands or magazines are putting out there in terms of the messaging and in terms of just feeling like yeah that's what i would look like to yeah so i mean it's very hard you know because fashion industry is so insular and it has like these underlying rules and the way it works and these are not just factors that you can kind of change yourself but you can kind of push the envelope wherever you are and whatever yeah. you can do so i mean at grazia i remember i did a lot of real people shoots as they're called because you know to just see what fashion trends look like on real people and just like real bodies and these are just small things that you can do where whenever you pick up a fashion magazine even though 80% of it is still going to be you know those uh, supermodels and perfect looking bodies and you know whatever's the current ideal body shape color hair whatever's being celebrated but you put in enough real content in it that gives you some sort of validation when you look in the that you being represented in some way and i think that's that's the one thing that i feel like i was able to do at gratia and beyond that i feel at ogan also we recently did a campaign with an older lady like she's in her 40s and that's not something that you we didn't you know we didn't shoot her in a way where we were just like you know it's an age specific thing yeah. like we didn't shoot it in a like a 40 year old is dressed like the mom and the 20 year old is dressed like the daughter like we weren't doing that we were just you know what would a well dressed 40 year old look like that's it yeah so that's another thing and avoiding tokenism 
is another very important part of when you are doing something in this field where you are where you're trying to talk about body positivity or you're talking about you know inclusivity or age or various ways of representation a lot of people just resort to tokenism where they put like one curvy girl or one dark girl they do that just to get those brownie points for being you know woke but i mean you kind of have to that communication needs to be there in all parts of your uh, business yeah so i mean as you can tell i'm very passionate about this and yeah. i feel like that it's really important to understand that you know this is something that doesn't you would expect that everyone knows about but it's never too late to learn and to talk to the right people and ask people like okay how would when we sit in our team meetings or we uh, as fashion people we shouldn't just like do what has been done before all the time of course there's certain things that you know you aim to achieve with the kind of perspective you have in fashion but there's a lot of things that you can learn like you can actually see uh, i mean what can you change about the environment you're working in and what what ideas do people have in your team and just make it more inclusive and relatable because that's why digital is becoming more accessible now because you can see a lot of real content out there which you couldn't see in fashion magazines that's why fashion magazines have to kind of do a reality check now yeah yeah and according to you because of this because there's so much more content out there now and more relatable content out there mm-hmm. now like do you think like the next generation and the generation after that do you think they will be subscribing to you know following what's in these fashion magazines to looking at you know what the ideals are of the society or that the only reason that people still want uh, to subscribe to fashion magazines is because there's some authority that comes from them in the sense that you know you know there are a lot of very intelligent people working in these magazines and they put in a lot of work in curating these ideas or you know they're good journalists and like a trusted resource mm-hmm. so i think that's where the magazines stand right now that they are still important to a certain extent but like you're saying that we were kind of establishing our own uh, sources now yeah yeah or so, as to what you know you want to because eventually if it's like you know you can keep hoping to get acceptance from this like little niche or yeah. you can find people who are relatable and who yeah resonate with you and with yeah. the kind of messaging you also want your kids to you know yeah. with and all of that so eventually my question is this that how do you think that magazines will adapt in the way where they maintain this degree of trust and they're an authority but also make everyone feel as though there's something for them in it because like you said there's a lot of tokenism yeah. right and there are a lot of real girls and a lot of you know real people and but still like eventually when you are looking at a fashion magazine unfortunately that feels like a section that's just been specifically curated and all of that and the rest of it is pretty much the same so when you look at that section while you do see all sorts of people being celebrated and and the work that they're doing being brought to light but you're also mm-hmm. cognizant of the fact that this has been made for that and then the rest of the magazine is again making me feel not so good about certain things that i i may feel insecure about 
I think the the magazines will have to change. You know, there'll be there'll be new crop of magazines, as there are already so many. I mean, and it may not even be print magazines. You know, it will be probably digital magazines, and we're already so many of us subscribing to things online or podcasts or you know different ways of getting information. where we feel heard or we feel like you know this is something for me it's curated for me and i kind of engage with it because i agree with the values of it so i feel like the magazines will also pivot to a point i mean or there'll be different kinds of magazines which will be launched which will talk about fashion in a more inclusive sort of a way because i mean at the end of the day fashion is not just for identification or you know that that's a part of it of course fashion needs to be more inclusive but we still need a fashion magazine because you still want to live that fantasy or whatever like it's it's kind of art what magazines create yeah so want to see that art and you want to see that those intelligent people who sit in these magazines and create these beautiful editorials and they write these beautiful articles about fashion and you know talk about designers and talk about textiles and all of that you still need that you still need those uh, people to do that but they just need to evolve to a point where it's not that exclusive the way uh, fashion is right now it just needs to spread out and like earlier like fashion shows were so exclusive <laughs> with what i'm looking for yeah uh, yeah they they were they were really specific in the sort of people that walked the run there was a very small group that had access to fashion before very few people could go and see fashion weeks and you know see those collections in person and now everything is digital so you probably seeing the fashion even better than the people sitting on the front row because yeah. you you know every detail is zoomed into every you're seeing behind the scenes backstage interviews everything so fashion has anyway reached the masses right yeah. anyone who's interested can tune in so it's the same way the magazines also need to appeal to a wider audience and they need to represent that wider audience it's no longer just the elite group of few people who enjoy fashion or who buy fashion anybody can like you know save up and buy yeah. a fashion item now so you i mean that's what the magazine need to do is they just need to open up the doors and so from what i've understood of what you said in a way it's like since it's art and it's like creating this fantasy no matter who i am and what my waist size is and what my skin tone is that i should be able to look at this content or consume this content yeah. and buy into the fantasy or or the, yeah. the you know dreaminess of it all without feeling bad about myself absolutely yeah and i think that's already happening i mean it's happening with on a smallest scale there are lots of i mean at least on instagram i follow a lot of these accounts and a lot of these really creative people who started these online journals and they create these beautiful editorials i mean few friends get together and they're making they're taking fashion and like just a very interesting and unusual approach to fashion and you can see it online so i mean these people get like big big brand money behind them you can imagine the kind of uh, magazines we'll see and that's what's going to happen yeah. for sure and so given all of this what do you think we as a society need to make sure that we do so as to raise a generation that is more confident and comfortable in their own skin what can one as an aunt a friend a parent a teacher all of us do for the most part i think a lot of it is 
subliminal messaging and mm-hmm. things that we do yeah. without even realizing like yeah. and in a good way but then they actually do a lot of harm to somebody who's impressionable so what do you think yeah. of the things like to change in in how people you know talk or or what people say or what they do in front of impressionable minds i mean it's such a it's so hard you know because we're so hardwired all of us especially i mean as an indian society i feel like we take so much liberties with each other in the way we talk about uh, other people's bodies or you know like within families and yeah. it's just it's so subliminal i mean you don't even realize when you're saying these things and they don't even come from a place of hate or you know they just not at all yeah or meanness at all it's just ignorance or it's not even realizing that you're hurting somebody i mean i think you can first start by changing yourself you can be kinder to your own self and i feel a lot of a lot of things that we say to other people come from our own insecurities that if i don't know if i am very careful about my skin or something that i would tell the other person that you know you shouldn't go out in the sun or you'll get dark or you know things like that or you shouldn't you shouldn't eat dessert because you'll get fat or it's just some things like that we are so conscious about ourselves that we kind of pass it on to someone yeah. impressionable so if we are kinder to ourselves and we're just like okay i'm not going to say these things like this is really horrible that i say to myself and in turn i will try not to say it to some, another person and the other thing is that we can just try and talk less about people's bodies for example i feel that is just you need to have a boundary that this is something you can't say to someone else and even if we are in a family or in a friend circle where someone is you know being ridiculed or talked about or being taunted or you know in a just a jestful manner also we can just step in and be like okay this is not okay yeah. you don't have to always like say that you know why you can't teach everyone but you can kind of protect people at least yeah. that's one thing that we can try and teach by example i feel like i think that's the best approach because at least yourself you can control and then if you see someone doing something wrong you can't always explain it to them like i've tried that i think it doesn't work even when it comes to political things or it comes to you know emotional things or like it's just usually yeah. like you know you can't do that with older people but you can do that in your probably your peers or your friends where you can talk about these things and be like okay this is not okay this is this is a line that you can't cross you can't talk about other people's bodies you don't have no right on other people's bodies you cannot compare people like this we're all individual and we all beautiful in our own way and we can just talk about inclusivity where we you know we don't exclude people because they look different in our own And, and, so and when these things sort of happen, just as you were talking about this, it just came to me. Like when these things happen, where, say, in a family, the parents are, you know, telling the kid not to eat more, or they're making fun of their own friend who's, you know, like broken out or this or that, or that there's yeah. a lot of name calling. I yeah. think that when that impressionable mind is sort of taking all of this in, whether yeah. that kid is a part of that conversation or not these are the same values or the same beliefs that the kid then takes to his or her school and and that's where a lot of i think a lot of like ridicule and bullying even in a way happens because when you're seeing that all of these grown ups can talk about their friends yeah. or the family members or the kid himself or herself in that manner then why can't they talk to their peers in that way and and I think yeah. 
well, bullying is the external side of things, which um, obviously happens in great degrees. And like, um, I think once all of us tend to hit a certain age, there's still some level of political correctness that comes in. But a lot of the damage is actually done in those younger years by all of the bullying that happens or the ridicule that happens. And it doesn't have to even be in a way where, you know, it's one kid that's being targeted by like 20 yeah. kids, also by your own friends. There's a yeah. lot of like, you know, there are a lot of like loaded statements or there are a lot of comments just made thoughtlessly. Yeah. A lot of backhanded compliments too. I mean, yeah. it's just, those yeah. are the worst because yeah. I mean, you don't even realize, you think that you're complimenting somebody and you're just basically just calling them, you know, whatever you're trying not yeah. to call them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think, I don't know, I, I it's, it's a lot of work and I think like you said of course you can only change yourself and yeah. you can only watch your words and your actions so that all the impressionable minds around you or hopefully your peers sort of also pick up on the fact that you're being careful about these yeah. particular things and kind of learn from that but yeah unfortunately we can't change people at large as much as you want to we can just but, you know, talk about I feel like these micro changes also change a lot. Like I'll tell you something that something really, really cool happened just a couple of days back. A designer recently came out with this campaign where they featured a curvy girl in their campaign and everything. And they're talking about women and how they're celebrating all the shapes. And they were like all the other girls in that campaign. So they had a few other real girls and they were all like different height and all that probably, but they were all like, standard size extra small small size at max and there was this one like extra extra large goal so they're talking about diversity but like I don't see that much diversity I mean I guess there is diversity within size small also but I'm just saying what I saw and then I happened to see their website and I realized that this designer is charging extra money for extra large sizes so small medium large is one price and then extra large and beyond that is like whatever 7,000 rupees more or 8,000 rupees more and I was just like that's insane like that's not even that's not okay at all it's not like if you got an extra extra small you'll charge that girl less you're not charging per size so how can you charge extra beyond this size yeah anyway so I was just talking to my friend and I was so frustrated about it and I was like this is not cool and you know this is something that thankfully I haven't had to deal with it personally because I guess I'm in the industry and people kind of know me and you know they don't really charge me extra or anything but I mean to go through something like that imagine like you're at a store and they're like oh no wait for you though this is a price this is not the price that you see on the tag so it's so embarrassing and horrible and second thing the designer did not have a single piece of clothing of you know a large or even forget extra extra large not even a large in this store readily available for people to try and you're talking about celebrating of bodies and all that I just felt like this was tokenism this is like if you don't if this is not something you do in other areas of your brand where you don't have your stores which are equipped or like your staff is trained or how you're charging people if you don't haven't fixed all these baseline things you cannot talk about curvy bodies like you're not anyway so I wrote this big rant on my Instagram without tagging anyone because I mean I think we're all so aware of what's happening around us I mean I think everyone kind of saw that and then Diet Sabya picked that up oh it was you who wrote it no way it was was me and uh, Ishwarya 
So Ashwarya had also yeah. written something about it. So Ashwarya and I were also talking to each other and on our Instagram, we're like, "Can you believe this is happening?" And and also like as a curvy girl, when you put it out there, people are just like so quick to attack you and you know say things like, "Of course, like you're just being bitter." And you know. so this happened, and the same day, like literally, this is like it goes up today. Next day, sub diet sabya picks it up, and day three, Ashwarya posts that this guy's removed extra charging oh from his. No, and and, and so many other designers too. I saw and the so many other designers. The whole thing that's amazing. Wow! I just got to know from Ogan, like my friends at Ogan who handle a lot of designers. They were telling me a few other designers have also. So they have also removed their fat tax. I mean, that's it. Like you just have to. It just small examples. Like you don't have to hurt people. You don't have to shame people. Not everyone can be as informed as you are, but you can. still like stand up and say that okay you know this is what i think and yeah. i don't think this is all right and that's it and i think people kind of want to be better and people want to learn in fact when you attack people they kind of you know go the other way like it can it can go either way then so i think the two ways then is one to sort of correct yourself and then the second thing is if you feel something to actually voice your opinion yeah. because i had no idea that you were the one behind this but obviously i've been seeing this you know the last couple of days on diet sabya and it's i'll send you my rant if you want to read no, it no for sure and i don't have like some i mean i don't have 1 million followers or anything right like i did one rant 50 other people picked it up and reposted it that and it became like 1 million i mean i'm not saying it did but you know what i mean like no, it can no. Yeah, it just like it just it reached where it had to reach or whoever it had to reach for it to become a big effect. So I mean, and um, and any future customers will be better off because of this one. Absolutely, time. and I mean I feel like other designers who are still charging extra now the customers would just feel like. you know it kind of becomes like it's a rule you don't even know that you can ask for this like you can't even you don't know that you can stand up for yourself and now i mean after you've seen this change you would know that like you can go to the designer and be like excuse me why are you charging extra i yeah, could just I, go to I, the I other designer call, call them out if, if you can call them out yeah, yeah that's the thing everyone is so scared of like you know getting negative publicity a lot of ways where because obviously like there's so many brands out there yeah. and and if somebody is you know making you feel good about yourself and feel included and 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 feel comfortable because eventually clothes are clothes you know who came up with the rule that like beautiful clothes are only meant for certain sizes clothes yeah. are clothes all of us have to wear clothes and all of us should be able to wear whatever you know we feel comfortable in and we yeah. want to wear i'm paying somebody money i don't yeah. need their opinion on whether it suits my body or not yeah you know i it reminds me of this quote from jamila jamila recently read where she said that if you can't make clothes for mm-hmm. a certain size then you're probably not a talented designer yeah. like i mean yeah. if you just like you know i can't make nice clothes for anyone who's larger than a size medium then you know you're just you're not very talented for sure but like slightly shifting yeah. pace yeah so during the lockdown um and we'd spoken about this a little earlier we started have you had any realizations and are there like any parts of your life that you've had a relook at oh like a ton i think with so many things i feel like my point of view has changed so much 
and then cut back on work a little bit, realign my life a little bit in a way that, you know, I was balancing work and uh, getting some more time for myself and also like getting time to do work that inspired me more instead of just doing whatever was being sent my way. Yeah. So that was one realization that happened during the lockdown. The other was my health. I, I had been going to the gym and like being, I think, I don't know. It was just like, I wasn't really happy, but I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And during this time, I mean, I started intermittent fasting and that, that has been like a game changer for me. And like, I just feel like my body reacts really well to it. So that's another thing that changed. I don't know. I just realized that, you know, I need to, you know, make my surroundings a little bit more, uh, well thought out or you know I just no that makes all the difference in the world yeah yeah Yeah, so I mean I feel like a lot of lot of things change during this time and also I I became so active on my Instagram and just creating and not just like you know following anyone else's example but like just really seeing that we have this platform and I have this space and I mean I'm a creative person and how would I use it for myself and I think it just inspire a lot of people like we started this thing called the costume party with s this was a thing that i started i think early lockdown around april or something it was it was just like i was really bored that you know we couldn't go out or dress up or you know do any fun things anymore so i asked a few friends of mine that you know i'm i'm doing this thing on instagram and we all just have to dress up today and i'll give you a theme and you have to dress up for it and take pictures and then you know we'll have drinks later on like zoom or whatever yeah so I got like five, six people who were interested and we did this and we're like, okay, so, you know, the theme was tropical or something. How fun. Yeah. So then a lot of other people messaged me like, hey, what is this costume party with S and how do I participate? And that became like, that had a snowball effect and there were so many people writing to me like, what do I do? How do I be a part of it? And I said, like, okay, you know what? It's open to all. I'll just put out this um, mood board for you all. And every Saturday at sunset <laughs> we have a costume party wow. so everyone kind of posts their pictures and then I repost them and so a lot of people a lot of new people got involved every weekend and it just became like a huge community of yeah. enthusiasts of like I don't know fashion and or just and it was really fun costumes also like we did one Madonna we did one uh, outer space and it was just it was all kinds of fun you can probably go to my Instagram. And I'm going to check this out for sure. And also, yeah. like, like, nice way to give people something to look forward to. I think that yeah. one thing that was kind of sucked out of the equation. And, you know, like, there's this really nice quote, and I really believe in it. It's that happiness is when you have someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. Yeah. And I think for most people, that something to look forward to is just taken away because you know you don't really know what the next year even now um, of course there's environment right now is a little more positive till right before that everyone just been feeling hopeless like no matter who it is and you know you have your phases when you find something you hold on to it you know maybe it's a birthday coming up or whatever whatever the things that you can hold on to and you know get excited about and all of that but for the most part whether it's on the work front or whether it's yeah. on, you know, like being able to celebrate with family or your friends or just like being together without that underlying 
clear that exists no matter how careful everyone's been. And that's such a great way to do that. And I don't know whether that was what you were trying to achieve with it, but I think like that's such a nice way to give that group of people who were doing and are doing this, like something to look forward to. And that's so important. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, and I think... They would, I mean, I just did it because I was bored and, you know, I just wanted to do something fun and creative. And I mean, and I, for once I had the downtime to, you know, just do something that I hadn't done in a very long time. And I, I mean, my roots are in blogging and all of that. So I've always kind of like, I feel like at heart, I'm still a blogger yeah. and I'll always be that. And I, I have denied that to myself for a very long time where I've just been like, you know, judged myself because other people judge you for, you know, being extra. <laughs> But I think that's just me. And I, in during lockdown, I had this moment of realization that, you know, I, I'm just going to go out and do what I want and yeah. not worry about what other people think of me. Because it mostly says what I think of myself because I let other people judge me. To help with what anyone thinks. Absolutely. Uh, it's more than what you should be doing. I think so many people are just so scared of yeah. following what their heart tells them to do just because of that judgment and the thing is yeah. they're judging you either way when they're judging you either way I think what's important is to just fuck it and go for yeah. it <laughs> also someone told me this that you know at any given point of time the people you you're most scared of judging you I mean, you can probably count them on your fingers like you can be like okay they're probably like five to seven people at most whose judgment you're most worried about and if you just look beyond those seven people, you'll probably see like 70 who will celebrate you for what wow. you'll do wow. or what you're afraid to do. That it's, if you just stop thinking about those five to seven people, you can, you know, do a lot more with your life. <laughs> and it's true. Like, I mean, I started feeling that also. Yeah. And that, that's really well said. So I think like another thing that a lot of us struggle with, and I, I don't think that's specific to this phase, is being in the moment. And social media doesn't help with this yeah. <laughs> at all. So given that, you know, even as a part of the work that you do, there is a lot of social media that you have to sort of be around. And even at a personal level, like you have stuff that you, you like to create online and all of that. But given that, when you're in a situation where you're around real people in front of you, that and and you have your work going on as well, and you have these other responsibilities, and then you have social media there, and you have a thousand other things in your mind. Yeah. How do you stay present in the moment? How do you stay in the now? Oh my God! Like I'm the worst person. I mean, to ask about this because like I've been uh, known for fubbing. (laughs) which is which is that you're like halfway down your Instagram feed and you're talking to someone and then you just like you know go on autopilot with your answers like yeah 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 like hello are you busy (laughs) anyway so one thing I I think again like as it is with every other addiction or every other horrible thing in our lives that we want to change is like acknowledging it is the first thing I feel like and I have tried very hard to acknowledge it. When I start doing that, when I fall back into my, you know, that I mean, I'm just going to put my phone on like airplane mode or something and I'm just going to put it away. Because I know as long as it's still pinging and I'm hearing that my phone is obviously always on vibration because I'm a millennial. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, even if I know that something is blinking on my phone, I'm going to reach for it. So I just put it on airplane mode and just put it away and forget about it. Another thing, I just put my phone on charge in a different room or whatever. Like whenever I want my time off, I've just started like doing that. That I mean, you know, I, I, I just be conscious about it that, you know, I am now doing this again. I'm falling back into my habits and I, I need to like not do this right now. Just, just being cognizant of what you're doing wrong, I think is a good start. Okay. So coming back a little bit to what we started off our conversation with. Yeah. What are some of the ways uh, we spoke about, you know, what are the things that negatively um, affect our uh, self-esteem and self-worth? So, but what are some of the ways in which you think we can mindfully and consciously build up our self-esteem? Okay. I think first thing, I feel like my mind always goes to body first because you know that has been something that has played all my like childhood horrors have been all about body and like not looking how I always wanted to look um so I just feel like that first thing you need to realize it like you need to tell yourself that you know I am not just defined by this like whatever is that one flaw whatever it is about you that you know you don't like you just have to realize that okay this is not like a hundred percent of me And it's okay if I'm bothered by it at some, you know, level. I mean, it won't obviously just go away. You won't just start looking in the mirror and like feel like I 100% love my body. There'll always be something that you need to work on. So again, like being cognizant that you do this, you have this sort of negative feeling that you attach to certain part of you. I think first you need to just start thinking that, okay, this is a very, very small part of all that I am. I'm a very intelligent or uh, interesting human being and there's lots of things I'm kind and you know there's many other aspects of you as a human that are important and this just one thing that bothers you is not it. It's not just that and you need to give yourself a lot of empathy, love, like how you would empathize with a friend. You talk to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend. And you need to stop making jokes. Like there's lots of things that we're like, oh no, but I mean, I could sit on you and I could kill you. Or like, I don't know, some like, you know, we we do a lot of self-deprecating jokes about ourselves, which are, which are really harmful. And we need to stop doing that. Like you you don't need to make fun of it just because you're laughing about it does not, does not mean that you're okay with your body. You're still talking about it and it's something that affects you. And that's where that humor comes from. And it's very harmful. And you're allowing other people also to, use that against you or like so I think that's that's something that you you can start with also yeah you need to be very careful with the kind of um, content you consume in different ways like what kind of books you read what kind of movies you watch or what kind of Instagram profiles you're following what kind of celebrity are you looking at because a lot of these things will again throw you off track when you're working on yourself you need to so you need to limit all the distractions that will, you know, throw you back off track again. And there's lots of horrible content, like, especially like I I fear for like teenagers so much, like everyone who's like probably following Kardashians. They're like, I think as older people, we can still find them maybe amusing or entertaining. But imagine like a 13 year old who's looking at those girls and like with their exaggerated bodies, like they've changed every aspect of themselves and on top of that social media the way it's I mean it it can be so harmful for 
little kids to be consuming that. So I feel like that's another place that, you know, as yeah. sisters or mothers or, you know, as family members or friends, we need to just kind of like, again, tell people that this is not real and like, this is not cool. And even if you're consuming this, like, don't believe this is real and like, don't yeah. compare yourself with all of that. I think this important thing is to stand up and like say that this is wrong. And the second thing is just to empower yourself and just be of a stronger mind and empower the younger people around us. So they don't fall for this stuff and they don't, the first thing is like, do not think that you need to be any other way to be beautiful or to be successful or to be loved. You know, that's the important part that if you get that kind of love and um, support uh, from people around you, I think that just grounds you as a person where you may feel like, okay, I, if I change my lips, I'll look prettier, but like, you don't need to do that. Like you don't feel that, you know, some people need that urgent validation that, you know, yeah. I am beautiful yeah. because you probably don't get that kind of love from their family or friends or somebody hurt them real bad. No, for sure. I'm going to end this with, and then we'll move on to the rapid fire. What does self-care look like for you? What are the few things that you do um, for your mind or your body or, or generally to just pamper yourself on a daily basis? Um, I think self-care for me is like just allowing myself to be lazy, really like absolutely lazy. Like I don't have to, cause I, I think I always have sort of a checklist in my mind that I need to do this, 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 this today. And even though like, even when I'm procrastinating, you know, I mean, and I pro- procrastinate a lot, so I don't claim to be like some superwoman who can like actually nail through my checklist every day. I try to. I always have that ticking in my head and playing in my head. And like some days I just, you know, just like, it's okay. If I don't do anything today, I don't, I keep one day uh, or at least aside keeping like a day for myself where I just like don't expect myself to go out or do anything. And it's okay if I order in food and if I watch like, I don't know, five hours of Netflix or yeah. whatever it is. And just like, just be or just, you know, just spend time with family. And if I'm going to my parents' house, for example, like I would slot that one day. And I feel like that's like a really good thing for me. I think I've reconnected with my family in a whole different way. Yeah. So when all of us are together, my dogs, my parents, like all of us in like one house, it just, it's really nice. And I think that's one thing. And second thing is I really enjoy a nice long bath. Like if I can like really like you know I just play music and like I'll maybe um, use a special like body wash or whatever that yeah. just like has a good fragrance or light a candle or whatever it is that I, I think a nice long bath because I'm usually a very like two minute shower kind of girl so when I yeah. take that long time it just feels really good I think my self-care is very similar to yours <laughs> <laughs> but okay quickly moving on to the mm-hmm. rapid fire five questions first one is who is the one woman that you admire most and why um i mean this is such a stereotype but like my mom i think she equipped me with so much love and self-love like my mom is such i mean she's a she's a painter and she's a very creative woman and i think she's always been a very very important role model for me and she's always like been so so loving to both me and my sister and uh, so forward thinking in her, you know, mind. And it just like, she's, she's been like a rock star for me really growing up. 
what is the best piece of advice that you've received till date? I think it's the same the one thing that I told you before that like if you just stop thinking about those five to seven people who you think judge you the harshest and uh, you just think beyond those people you can do anything like you can really like just follow your heart and there'll be many other people who will relate to and relate to what you do or celebrate you if you just stop thinking about those five people that's a piece of advice I'm gonna take <laughs> yeah what's your go-to stress buster mm. I think playing with my dog, just hugging my dog or playing with my dog or having a glass of wine and watching something really fun on Netflix or, yeah. If there's one thing that you could change about society and you have a complete free pass, it can be big, small, whatever, like you have the ability to do it, what would that one thing be? I think it will be, I think our gender equality. I feel like women have like a ton of pressure on them for to be the best moms and the best kind of wives and like it's just being a woman is a very tough job. <laughs> I feel like I would if we could have gender equality that that would be great. And the last one is what is a book that you're currently reading or have just finished? I've just started reading this um it's actually an illustrated uh, book that it's um, written by William Dalrymple. It's about the painting style from, it's the company paintings. It's basically the paintings from East India Company. So I literally just got it like two days back and I'm hooked to that book. And it, it talks about like this whole type of art which existed before the British, uh, uh, I mean, before the European art kind of, became a part of Indian art. So this is all art from the Mughal and Indian um, times. And it's so different from anything that we have today. It's that miniature style meeting a little bit of Mughal style. And it's just, it's beautiful. Like it's such a great book. I'll send you the name because I don't remember yeah. it. I'll... <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun getting to know you and also having this conversation with you. I think there were parts that were really important and I know that the listeners are going to really, really enjoy listening to those parts and also have like a bunch of things to take away. Thank you so much for like including me and I mean, you're, you're so easy to talk to. This was really fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pada. Thank you for wearing your heart on your sleeve. Thank you so much and all the best with your dog. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And with that, we come to an end of this episode. I hope you take the numerous gems and lessons that Sparta has given in this episode and apply them to your life. Next week, we have Samaya Dalmia on the show for this season's second last episode. So that you don't miss that, or any future updates, don't forget to click on the subscribe button or the bell icon. If you'd like to reach out to us, we're at the rate Heart on My Sleeve Official on Instagram, or you can reach out to me personally, I'm at the rate Mansha Kaur Anand. I'll see you next week. Please take care of yourself. Bye! इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया 
अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट